Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the God Cells podcast. I'm Eric Marola, the director of the God Cells documentary. Today is a super exciting show. I speak to Vanya, a mother from Bulgaria who's been taking her young son to MCEL. Like many of my podcasts, this conversation is the first conversation I have had with Vanya. Before this conversation, my only knowledge of Vanya's son's case was a few email exchanges with her. In this conversation, I learned that she originally took her son to M-Cell to potentially battle scoliosis, something that M-Cell's doctors did not claim to be able to correct. However, in the process, Vanya learned that her son was autistic, but undiagnosed at the time of his first treatment at M-Cell. For the past two years, Vanya has been taking her son to M-Cell every six months, totaling four treatments so far starting when he was around three years old, and today he's five years old. We discussed the miraculous transformation with her son, correcting his hearing and transforming him from nonverbal to verbal. And, incredibly, it appears her son's scoliosis has also improved. I was also surprised to learn that Vanya herself decided to get M-Cell's therapy to treat her pre-diabetic condition, something that has also been reversed since being treated with fetal stem cells. She's no longer pre-diabetic. It's a pretty remarkable conversation. For those listening to this podcast on YouTube, you'll notice at the very end of the interview, I show some video of Vanya's son before and after therapy. For those listening to the audio, you're just going to hear the audio. For those who regularly listen to this podcast series, you know I will be at MCEL in May of this year filming several new procedures, an intracoronary procedure for heart disease where the fetal heart cells are injected directly into the heart, an intrathecal procedure for a Parkinson's patient where they inject fetal neuronal cells directly into the spinal canal, and new inhalation protocols where the fetal neuronal cells are administered through the nose by inhaling it through the nose for autistic children, something you will learn about in today's podcast as well, as well as inhalation of fetal lung cells for people with lung damage. M-Cell's schedule is full while I am there in May, but I will be back there the third week of July, the week of July 18 through 24, to continue filming for the God Cells sequel, including a case of a beautiful young girl with muscular dystrophy who has defied all odds thanks to fetal stem cell therapy. You might remember her from the God Cells and a follow-up video I have done with her and her family. As always, if you wish to go to MCEL while I and other Americans and Europeans are there, my next trip being in July, feel free to reach out. I can share with you all the details of the COVID-19 entry protocols, set you up in the same hotel as me and the rest of the gang, even maybe connect you with a previous patient that I have been in communication with. And if you have any questions at all, it's never a bother. Just email me at eric at ericmarola.com. That's E-R-I-C at E-R-I-C-M-E-R-O-L-A.com. The website for this documentary series is stemcellsmovie.com. I hope you enjoy today's conversation with Vanya. Hi, Eric. Hi, Vanya. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? Yes, good. Thank you. Good to hear from you. I hope you understand my accent. I do. I'll speak slowly. No, you have a great accent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is so great to actually like communicate with you. Um, you know, it's, I always love it, Vanya, when people have seen my movie and then they take it upon themselves to go and then they have good results. And um, it's just exciting. Yes, yes, indeed. 
have you, I'm sure you've heard some, some of my other podcasts. Yes. Yes, I okay. did. Yes. Yeah. So it's always just a conversation and I think it's, it's helpful for other people, maybe another uh, person in your position or a parent, you know, in, in your position might benefit from listening to this conversation, you know? So, yes, yeah, 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 sure, yes, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'm also, I, I actually, you know, really motivated me um, to call you because I normally, <laughs> I only receive information. Normally, I don't post anything, I don't comment, I don't do anything, and and I start feeling quite guilty about that in the recent months. Mm-hmm. So I had just like a conviction that I have to post something what helped my son. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, uh, people are like me, probably somewhat, you know, are struggling um, finding a solution for their children. So I decided to, to do a post <laughs> on Facebook group, in autistic um, Facebook group, um, and they deleted my post. And I just got really upset, <laughs> really <laughs> upset about this. So I was like, uh, and then I remember I, I was uh, just... Um, mentioning stem cells in some comments on on uh, research stem cell and things like that you know, not on your videos but others mm-hmm. other ones and those were deleted a few times yeah so i just kind of uh, i kind of start realizing that someone or something is on the other side is really doesn't want to reach people and um i decided to call you because i thought you know what I'm not doing anything good, you know, like I'm not, I'm trying to make people aware of, of this treatment, but it seems like I'm really struggling to find the way to do it. Sure. So, yeah. Well, at least with this podcast, it, it's a good platform that will not be uh, deleted, <laughs> you know, and, and get it, yeah, you know, hopefully, yeah. but no, it's interesting you bring that up. I mean, I, it's a, I didn't see what you posted or where you posted it, but it's a combination of two things, probably. Uh, one is yeah, fe- fetal stem cells is very, as you know, controversial, and people, some people don't like it because of the source of the cells. And, and the truth is also there's so many kind of scammers out there trying to promote these kind of bad stem cell therapies. So it's a combination of everything because the whole stem cell world is such, as we call it, the Wild West and it's hard to know what to believe, what to trust. And um, that's kind of what I try to do is help people decipher that. I get a lot of emails asking me questions about other stem cell types or different stem cell clinics. And I just try to help them, you know, figure out what is real and what is not, you know, as well. But yeah, um, uh, well, uh, yeah, I hope this will make you feel better uh, considering you've had all your yeah, comments. Yeah, I, I mean, to- they Half of, uh, well, there were kind of one third of the people decided that I'm a liar. Mm-hmm. Uh, one third of the people decided uh, that I, I work for the for the for the for the clinic as an advertiser or advertisement lady or whatever. Yeah. And one third of the clinic were kind of with open hearts, and they kind of was like, "Oh, how much it costs? Where did you see pro?" You know, they start questioning me and I was actually on a few days on the phone but that was in a different uh, Facebook group that was a Facebook group about um, what helped progressing your autistic child some, something like that in generally even in, in that post I received a lot of negativity they asked me to prove they asked me to send documents I sent all of it mm-hmm. uh, but you know they they kind of uh, I mean, they were saying, if that is true, somebody will, will need to get a Nobel Prize and things like that, and this is not possible, and this is this can't be true, and all that. So, because with us, we had um, 
when you have a problem with your hearing, they do with children a test, mm-hmm. quite a popular one. They put your child under general anesthetics mm-hmm. and they do a test. Um, and with my son, it, it turned up, they said, the doctor said that he is 90% deaf in both ears, mm-hmm. which uh, after the stem cells, um, we realize he's not deaf at all. He, just his, his brain doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. His auditory uh, sent auditory proceeding um, information doesn't work, and um, it's quite actually common with autistic, with autistic children. They just that's why they they act like deaf children. They they don't turn to sounds. They don't pay attention. And but with my son, that was quite severe. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they saying, I say, well, if that that is true, then how can he hear now? You know, this is this is also impossible. If he if he's been deaf, if that if that um, hospital is you know is um, is correct, then how can he hear me now perfectly? Yeah, how, wow. How he's responding sounds so well. So he's responding so well to sounds, to questions, to everything. So he was deaf, and now he can hear. Which the only thing we did is stem cells. So. You know, <laughs> which both of them are fascinating, isn't it? It, it I mean, is. Wow. Um, um, yeah. So I think you know. I think, I think you know what what is auditory proceeding disorder. If you type on Google, uh, simply is is a hearing problem, but basically the ears and the brain don't fully co- coordinate. It's like um, brain damage. Mm-hmm. You have you have the hearing thing, everything. You have the brain, but. They just don't coordinate. They don't cooperate together. So it's quite common if you type with, you know, auditory proceeding disorders and autistic children, uh, it will say that a lot of them have it actually, but maybe not, maybe not that severe with my, like my son. Has have since so how much of the hearing has been has come back? Um, I would say I would say um, probably 90 percent. Wow. So has he gone back for another one of those hearing tests to to like to see um, the difference? I have to I have to take him to to UK. Okay. And because of the pandemic, I've been delaying delaying that because of uh, the travel restrictions, and I have to stay for too long in the UK, and I don't want to do that. Uh, that's why I've been delaying it. But I have to go probably April, May, June. Now I will have to go because um, they also wants to test my son. But I, uh, I did, you know, when I was doing the post, I actually post a video of my son, how he's responding to my questions and he's interacting with me with a normal level of um, speaking, which is about 35, 40 decibel, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking at the moment. So it's not, you know, and they were saying that he's both ears deaf over 90%. You know, it, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, we did EEG. I don't know whether you know what is EEG. It's I do, like, yeah. Yeah. EEG is, um, we did EEG after, the first one we did in the summer, last summer, and the other one we did it in January. And the, the EEG, both both of them in the different centers, um, different hospitals, it shows brain damages in the auditory proceeding um, center and in the speech center. Okay. So my son was nonverbal until the first stem cell treatment. He couldn't talk. It doesn't matter how much you try. He, he was sometimes, very extremely rarely, would pronounce a few sounds. But he, wasn't, he was quiet all the time. And, and now he, he speaks, uh, but it's very hard. You can see that it's super hard for him. He has something like a, um, speech apraxia, which is quite severe disorder. Uh, speech apraxia is, again, it's a brain damage. 
the brain uh, doesn't is not able to move your lips and tones in the right way to say sounds. Right. So uh, I was doing research on speech apraxia, or apraxia speech, um, and I, I was seeing that a video of a girl. She was uh, she had um, her her own cells in the, in a in a in a bank. And for apraxia speech, they they would release those cells. It was a I think it was a video from a medical from Canada, one of it. Uh, it was on YouTube. So that really gave me a hope to carry on, you know, with the stem cells because I don't have my son's uh, cells in the bank. Right. So it, this we had a massive progress there as well because you know speech apraxia normally is incurable. Um, let me uh, back up for a minute. So first of all, how old is your son? Uh, so at the moment, my son is five years and four months. Uh, he's bo- he was born in November 2015. We could see there are a few things which um, uh, were not quite right with him, but we couldn't kind of, uh, we didn't do anything about it. So for example, he he didn't smile. Uh, or for example, he it would be very difficult to to catch his eyes like an eye contact, or he didn't do anything right, or like very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we kind of thought, okay, this is our third boy. They're all different so far. Maybe he would just be a different character and nothing to worry about. We'll just see how things are. So basically, um, until uh, three years and eight months, my son uh, didn't start talking and also... For some reason, I, I kind of was quite naive to, I, I, I suppose I didn't want to dig into that, but I kind of didn't think that uh, speech and understanding are two different things. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if the child asks, would you like, you ask your child, would you like a water? And he replies, would you like a water? It means he can talk, but he doesn't understand. But I, because I had extremely two healthy children, I didn't kind of think that those are two different things. And at three years, eight months, uh, my son didn't uh, talk, didn't point to things, and definitely didn't understand who is mom, who is dad, what is shoes, nothing. Mm -hmm. So um, we kind of were thinking, oh, maybe we're just, you know, maybe we're just, you know, he'll just get better. Maybe he just bit delayed, but... uh, doesn't matter. But what, what, what we had as a problem at that moment, at that very moment, was a scoliosis. Uh, we had um, early onset scoliosis. From uh, He was born, I suppose, with it. And this was progressing. Um, and it was quite tricky because um, for, for one year, from 20 degrees scoliosis, it progressed over 38 degrees. Okay. And from very um, manageable scoliosis, like with a, you know, without talking about operations and things like that. In, in all of a sudden, UK hospitals and Bulgarian ho- private hospital were talking about uh, origins, scoliosis uh, operation, which they've told me is going to be 12 hours, 5% of children are dying. It's it's very expensive in a Bulgarian private hospital. It cost about 40,000 euros. So I really kind of, this hit me mm-hmm. because every time we were going, it was progressing even more. It, it become 44 degrees. And every moment the doctor said, now we start seeing you every three months because any moment we're going to operate on you, on your son. And I didn't want him to have 12 hours um, anesthetics because when we were in the UK, uh, one anesthetics didn't go well. They couldn't intubate him. They had to wake him up in an emergency okay. uh, situation. It was, so I just didn't want him to have 12 hours operation. So I started doing a research for myself. What Because doctors... We, we, we send letters to Germany, to America, about uh, different clinics, what it can help us. And everybody was saying, your son is too young for any exercises, for anything. 
So uh, from the scoliosis thing, I started doing a research about about what makes um, the spine of people curved. Mm-hmm. And it came a zebrafish study that when you have an inflammation in your nervous system, your spinal curved. Mm. And if they if they give something to the fish which is anti-inflammatory, um, like aspirin or something like that, uh, they they get better. So I said to my husband, if our son has inflammation in his nervous system and this spinal carries on with the curving, and if the stem cells can help with that, this automatically means that he's going to get better. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I sent an email to my um, scoliosis surgeon, like with all that studies and that thought, and he said, uh, great, you know, if you have the money, go ahead. It's going to be quite interesting, uh, you know, um, to see what's going to happen. And I just kind of, that was for me, yes, go ahead. So mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine from the UK. She was my dentist mm-hmm. in, in the city where we're living, uh, who was going before that to, to MCEL for her autistic son. Mm-hmm. At that moment, we didn't have a diagnosis of autism. Mm-hmm. We, we just kind of, we were seeing all the marks, but we didn't have the diagnosis yet. So uh, she just encouraged me as well, just go and your movies encouraged me like, yes, um, just go. And my husband wasn't very convinced that we have to spend all that money on a treatment, which might work, might not. Uh, and definitely MCEL doctor said that with scoliosis, they can't help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I just decided to give it a try. Right. So we went in August 2019. That was when my son was three years and eight months. Mm-hmm. And ever since... We've done four stem cells treatments. Four? Every six months, we do wow. stem cell okay. treatment. Every six months, so you've done it four times. Yes. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Yes. Keep going. I just wanted to. Understand. Yes. So basically, uh, this scoliosis never moved uh, one degree more, um, which which was amazing because uh, they were telling you you have to have three operations. One because he's so young at three age three, you're starting the rods which you're putting in the spinal the magnet rods, they're not going to be long enough. So you have to have a middle operation at around nine years old. And then you have you have to have another one when he's a teenager. So all those three different operations, each costing 40,000 euros, each at 12 hours de- uh, anesthetics. So I was so pleased <laughs> about the scoliosis. And then I said to the to the MCL doctors, they said, is there anything else you, you're noticing with your son? And I said, yes, there are a few things. I think he's a bit delayed. Um, he, he just doing that or that or that. And looking back, I was just kind of so naive, like so hopeful that he's just all of a sudden will get better. Uh, but that's what I sent to them. I said, uh, he doesn't have a speech yet. <laughs> he doesn't understand much. Um, so if you can ha- uh, treat him for developmental delays or something like that, that would be great. And what, what tend to happen, our son didn't allow us to touch him or to hug him. Mm-hmm. So this was always a big problem when we're traveling because we have to I have to hook him sometimes in the airplanes or on the airports. We were traveling quite a lot between Bulgaria and, and the UK, like every month. Um, so that was um, we have to sleep sometimes in one bed, and that was impossible with him. He just wouldn't allow us to touch him. And this was something which I didn't like at all. I was like, what kind of child is that when right. <laughs> he doesn't allow his mom to touch him? I mean, I want to touch him, I want to kiss him, and he doesn't allow me to touch him. But I didn't kind of pay attention to that. I was just like, you know, I was just kind of uh, hoping that, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when we did the stem cells, 
uh, we stayed a bit longer in the, in, in Kiev, uh, like a few extra days uh, with my husband. And actually he came to our bed after the treatment and he, like one or two days after treatment, uh, and he just sat down with us in between us. And we're just looking with my husband each, at each other and we're just smiling because this is something new. Yeah. Um, and, and we hug him and kiss him and he just he just liked it. You can see that he liked it. And I was so pleased because, you know, you want to hug your baby and you want to hug your child. And every time he would just, uh, you know, wouldn't like it. It's, it, it. it's not nice to the parent. So um, that was the first thing we we're noticing. Wow. And before that, we, my husband was convinced that I'm not teaching him well enough. So before the treatment, he said, okay, give it to me. Give me this teaching thing to me. I'll teach him now what is apple and banana. Just to point it. We were teaching him to point to different fruits, but we were just starting with two apple and banana. So my husband, before the treatment, he was, <laughs> he was trying for two hours to teach our son what is apple and banana, just to point it. You know, not to say, to point it. And because he was going nowhere with it, um, he was like, wow, this child, something's wrong with him, really. He doesn't just get it. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I know. He really doesn't get it. So um, what really strike us is that one month after the treatment, when we come back home, I had like uh, Amazon cars full of verbs with pictures. So mm -hmm. you can see a, um, a man driving a car or a lady running, like um, speech and language therapist cards. Yeah. So I start teaching him like um, the girl is sliding, the girl is doing that, and the boy is doing that. And and the, there were about 30 verbs. And for for super little time, I managed to teach him to point it. Okay, show me where the girl is sliding. Show me uh, where the man is driving a car. And he would point correctly. Wow. And I was like, wow, look at that. You know, it took us six hours to teach him apple and banana. He just didn't get it. You know, I was teaching him for four hours before that and my husband for two. And he just didn't get it. And we, we just didn't know what's wrong with him. And he all of a sudden started getting things like, you know, without so much effort. Uh, so after the, the first stem cell, stem cell treatment, I start kind of realizing that my son has a lots of problems. I started realizing that he is nonverbal. He doesn't understand. He doesn't, <laughs> he being things, he has all the marks for autism. And uh, this was a quite hard period for me. And at the same time, he was getting better. And at the same time, I was realizing and having meltdowns that my baby is having autism. I don't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, a few months after the, um, the stem cells, we went to, we, we've been diagnosed with autism uh, because he was spinning for hours washing machines and the wheels on the cars and on, on the toys, um, socks. He would just get something and spin and spin and spin for hours. Okay. We would go to, let's say, to parents-in-law and he would find the washing machine and spin and nothing would, would make him stop. So he also, he just didn't have eye contact. He, uh, he, he would go hysteric when any animals approach him like a cat or dog. Um, so all those things, you know, just start making sense why, you know, he's reacting like that. So after the first stem cells treatment, he started pointing things like if he wanted water, he would point to the water. If he wanted, let's say, bread, he would point to the bread, but he wouldn't, he wasn't saying anything yet. Uh, three months after the stem cell, the first stem cell, he said his first word. Wow. Well, like spontaneous word. 
and that was we were in the supermarket and he seen Napis with a baby on it and he he said baby wow baby he just yeah. told me baby and i was like what and i started shaking him like say it again say it again am i going mad <laughs> you say anything and i start just say it again and he said baby I was like, that's right, that's baby, yes, that's right, good boy, great, you're doing great, amazing. And I just I just walked like a crazy in the supermarket because they just didn't realize my boy is full and I've never heard him talking, nothing. And that really, I just celebrate that one word, yeah, uh, spontaneous word. And, um, and then, and then uh, England, um, neurodisability clinic in England said send me a letter uh, to come I went uh, with him my husband went actually and and they said yes he has the marks for for the specter for the autistic specter but they have to do more risk they have to see him more often um and we we agree with them so for the six months appointment was made but uh, then the pandemic started and we had to just keep on the phone and anyway but um basically the potty training was another big problem because it would he wouldn't get the idea of what to do in the toilet. We were trying from age one to do potty training and just we were not successful at all. And four months after the stem cell, we managed to teach him. And that was a great thing. That was super. Wow. So um, that was a big thing for me because I really, you know, wanted to teach him that. And then... Um, Slowly, slowly, um, I asked the cleaning, I insisted the cleaning, I said, we're seeing such good results, can I come every month? <laughs> I, I want to come every month. And they said, no, you can't come every month. Um, you have to keep coming every nine or 12 months if you want to. And I, I just wanted to come earlier. And sure. I asked them in December, can I come earlier? And they said, look, the earliest you can come is six months, if you agree with that, not earlier than that. I said, that's fine. Even six months is good. So the the, the spinning of things uh, was reduced. It didn't stop, but it was reduced uh, significantly. Like before that, he would spin for hours, and now it would be like 20 minutes or 25 minutes or something like that. And then the second stem cell treatment was in February 2008. 20. Mm-hmm. I went on my own and we did it. And then um, I've seen uh, the same things happening. He was getting more things. He learned more things. He was getting better eye contact. You could put extra pressure on him to teach or to pronounce sounds. Uh, he he starts saying two. Uh, he starts saying a few more words. He couldn't say even three three letters word. Uh, he, he he's trying and he can't turn around his lips to say it the correct way. Or words like opa, uh, like accident- accidentally when you step on something and you say opa. Uh, something pretty opa, yeah? but he wasn't able. He, he's trying and trying, he can't. And he even sometimes would, would cry, you know, because he's really trying and he can't say it. I started doing a research on the praxis of speech and it, it, it did show that stem cells can help with that, which normally is incurable and it's quite... It's quite a hard disease to have. Um, after the stem cells, the second one, he we start seeing that he's responding even more and, and more to sounds, to his name, to music, to whatever he was around his, his uh, we would say, point to your ear, point to your head, and he would do it, point to your shoes. Uh, and he would do it. He would, he would respond to commandments, to simple commandments, bring your shoes, and he would do it without hearing aids, without anything like that. And we... We, we were really happy and we've really started realizing that he's not deaf. 
what they've told us is not true. It's probably something in his brain doesn't work. And in the summer, in June, we did EEG, and it did show brain damages, a lot of brain damages in the auditory center, in the speech center. And this gave us a better understanding of what is going on. So I went for another stem cell treatment in August 2020, where he, he carried on with the progress. And now I went for another one in February 2021. Uh, while in January, I did another EEG, but with a modern technology. Because in the summer, that was a bit older technology in that clinic. But in, in the, in, on the January one, it was much better picture. You could see literally which centers are not working well or how well they're working. Okay. So uh, that was a better a better EEG, and we had to wait for that EEG for seven months. That's why I didn't do it earlier because you just uh, you have to wait a long time for that clinic. I know EEG in USA cost about one thousand dollars, but in Bulgaria it cost about fifty dollars. So it's not really expensive. Right. I sent an email to MCL and I said, look, those are the pictures. This is going on. I'm really upset. I can't believe how much brain damages he has. Um, and they said, um, don't worry. We do another stem cell treatment through the nose. Yeah. yeah. We started this, this, this treatment just recently. And when you come in, in February, you can have it. Uh, this is, um, um, this is, um, um, the neuronal. neurological yep. neuronal. Thank you. Yep, yep. Neuronal stem cells. And it, it can help you, um, the child's brain. And I was so pleased. I was so pleased. I mean, I don't know what I was going to do without them. So basically, um, I went to, to the center, I did the stem cells last month. We're still seeing the progress, obviously, uh, from the um, from that. But what I uh, what I'm noticing is that uh, the the audio memory with my son is very affected. So, for example, if you tell him to repeat three five eight, he he can't repeat it. He can only repeat two numbers three five or five eight. He can remember that, but he can't repeat three numbers. And with the, with the, when we talk, we speak, you have to remember, let's say the cat is behind the tree. So you have to remember how we talk. And that's why his progress is slowly because it's not only the speech apraxia, it's all, also auditory proceeding disorder and it's quite severe. So it is, we're working very hard to help him. Um, with regards to other treatments, um, I hardly have done anything else, to be honest. I do food supplements um, like omega-369 and vitamins and probiotics. I don't do much. I did uh, um, a session of 20 uh, oxygen chambers, mm -hmm. one hour each day, you know, 20 days in a row. And I did a bit of, um, in American English, I think it's called neurofeedback, mm -hmm. where they put, they stimulate the brain a little bit by putting a little bit of electricity. Right. Uh, I started doing that, but only a little bit. And I, I'm not fully convinced for myself that it's working. I know I've, I've seen lots of good reviews, um, but um, I'm not fully convinced that, you know, this is the, the way out for us, for, for my son. The reason is because, uh, let's say, on his left-hand side of the brain, of the head, uh, there are lots of brain damages, but there are also lots of uh, centers which are overworking. So if I'm trying to stimulate the brain on the left-hand side, then I might stimulate also those other areas too much. So it's, it's a very big topic as well. So I don't want to go into details, but basically I hardly have done anything else except the stem cells. 
Right. Um, no medications. Um, you know, the, one of the reasons they seem to have such good results with children who are diagnosed with autism is specifically the neuronal cells, because fetal stem cells is the only stem cell type where you're getting actual true brain or true neuronal cells. And so when you when they incorporated the inhalation, um, it's the same cells that um, they inject um, for as far as the neuronal side. But so when they inject the neuronal cells, at least in the adult, they put it like in the fat around the belly. Where did they inject those cells in your son, the neuronal cells? Do you remember? Yes, as you, you said, they injected in the stomach, but well, uh, they also, the last time, they also did two milliliters of them through the nose. Right. What's interesting about the new nose therapy is that when they inject it in the stomach, like in the fat around the stomach, it's a slower release when, by the time they find the brain. But through the nose, it's a fast release into the brain. So you're getting sort of two ways of delivery at the same time. So the ones through the nose go to the brain much faster while they are also kind of helped by the slower released ones going to the brain a little little while later. So anyway, and because the most you know autistic children are children, they're young, they're developing, and the younger the child is, the better results they usually have for autism because of the developing brain is still in motion. You know, it's just, it's remarkable. It's just really interesting. I'm so happy to hear that you got your son the inhalation method as well because as soon as I heard about that, which was very recently, um, that I said, wow, you know, I mean, that is amazing. And I'm going to film that with two different families in May when I'm there. There's two autistic children I've been following since 2019 that I'm going to film and film that process as well. Okay. Since the last therapy in February, it's not been very long. It's only been about a month or so. Um, have you noticed any dramatic improvements or is it just similar? Like it's just Every, every time after each stem cell treatment, what I'm noticing straight away in the, the therapist who works with my son, he is much calmer. Mm. And he, he can sit down for longer and you can put more pressure on him to repeat or to learn or to teach him. He just sit down and he's, he's obedient. Like otherwise, he is not normally hyperactive, but he has that, of, that thing where... He can't, like, if he's reading a book with him, he would skip pages. Like, he's rushing too much into to finish it. Or he would just go, let's say, from one toy to the other to the other. And he wouldn't be able to focus on one thing for mm-hmm. longer. Mm-hmm. And that was a big problem when you work with him because he would, sometimes therapists would tell me, we switch 100 things today and he's not happy. And they said, we're not playing anymore like that. We just stick with one thing and do it. And when they were doing that, he would start biting them. You know, he would become aggressive with them. And actually some of them, even though they're paid specialists, they're private specialists. They said, we, we kind of giving up. We just don't want to be hurt anymore. Right. Uh, and that, that stopped. That stopped after um, when we did the third stem cell treatment, that stopped. Wow. He, he's not aggressive. He doesn't bite them anymore. He doesn't, he's not scratching them. He's not, you know, he's not aggressive anymore. Yeah. Uh, this, Go ahead. So for me, that's a big thing because, you know, it, it's very, before the, the average session with, with speech and language, let's say he would be, he would lie down on the floor, he would scream, uh, he wouldn't want to do anything, he would uh, throw things, and, you know, it doesn't matter how much you're trying, it just he wouldn't do anything. And the session will be finished, you have to pay the specialist, and you're leaving disappointed. And then next time, you know, with new hopes, you're going, and it's the same thing, and he just didn't want to do it. 
Right. Um, but now, now, now he's doing everything, and they're very happy with him. That's amazing. Um, so it's the which, same. Yes. Is, it, is it the same therapist that said we give up? Are they are they the same ones that are still working yes, with him? Yes. She 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 was t- saying she. I said to her, look, just bear with me, just one more month, and he's going for stem cell, and then you'll see a difference. And he didn't believe me. Right. But, <laughs> but he's just stuck with me, and uh, and and then now she's telling me more details like. I was telling my friends about you. So I didn't want to do it. I didn't want. To, I said to my boss, I don't want to. I don't want to work with this child. And she was just giving me more details now. But at that time, probably she didn't want to offend me. Right. Um, so uh, kind of, uh, this is one of the things which which we overcome. And my son, after each stem cell, is able to work much longer, which is really good. You know, it's interesting. Um... It's the same with everybody that gets this therapy. Like even me, a healthy person with nothing wrong with me, I guess. Um, I, calmness, calmness and ease and relaxation and uh, having a feeling of centeredness was something I felt as well. And of course, it's amazing because, yeah, I've met plenty of autistic children. And that's one of the most difficult things is when they get impatient and angry and frustrated um, for a million reasons, you know, that's very difficult. And that's, if anything, the fact that you have a, a calmer child, that must be really exciting for you, for everybody. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Um, I kind of, as I said, you know, I didn't realize he has all those brain damages and all those incurable diseases. And I'm so pleased that something is helping him. Um, um, with, I was also going to, I forgot, because there's so much going on. But mm-hmm. um, also, he, he wasn't, uh, with, with food, he was very picky. I had to feed him some days when he was little, like six hours a day, eight hours a day. He would be super slow and super, super... Mm, he just wouldn't eat and I had to go with the spoon and feed him and that was one of the hardest things for me because I felt like my 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 whole life is useless is pointless I'm just feeding all day one child nothing else I can't do anything exciting I can't do it just you know it takes hours to do lunch and then it takes hours to do you know afternoon snack and then it takes hours to do dinner uh, it was very difficult for me, this thing. And this, now he's feeding himself. He had become extremely hungry after the stem cells. He would, he would, he'd become like super hungry. Wow. He's super slim, mm-hmm. but he becomes super hungry. And that like, if you want, he, he's all the time, I want to eat, I want to eat, I want to eat, I want to eat. And I said, <laughs> would you like a banana? Would you like apple? Yes, I would like, would you like milk? Yes. And, and it's so, so easy because you, know, you just give it the food and he's eating it. And that was a big release for me. And he's super slow eater. He can eat a banana probably an hour, but it doesn't matter. At least he's eating it himself. He's holding it himself. Like before, um, he just wouldn't do it. And another thing I remember um, was also that uh, he wouldn't mix with children. In nursery, uh, he, he would go half day to nursery from 8 till 12. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't mix. He would just look at them, but stay next to the teacher. And he wouldn't touch them. He wouldn't want them to touch him, nothing. He just didn't want to do anything with him, mm-hmm. with them. Even when we were having guests, he would we would have to turn him a movie because he just didn't want them, wow. uh, you know, just to be somewhere else. Uh, but now he loves children. When he sees children, he goes, hug them, kiss them. He calls them by names. He remembers their names. Um, he's playing, uh, he's, he's, he's building super nice buses and things from lego and from other materials like constructors when bricks and things like that he's building amazing things and he's 
uh, normal, like a normal child. If you observe him, you can't see anything abnormal. Only when he starts talking or when you ask him questions, he might not understand you or he might answer with very simple words, with a, with a speech, um, with, a, with a problem in the pronunciation. Right. Uh, but when he plays... You can't say that he's a different from a different from a different child. He's he's absolutely adequate. He's nice. He's not aggressive. He's sweet. Um, it's really nice. It's really nice. And he has a sweet character as well. Now he's not. He's an easy child in a way that you don't have to discipline him much. He's just obedient. You tell him put your shoes on a coat and we're going out. Yes, yeah, sure, mommy. Thank you. Or he's dropping something on the floor. I'm so sorry, mommy. And he's he's so sweet. Like I'm, my older children are so you know rough. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to teach him, to teach them ten years, you know, manners, and they don't get it. But this little one is just you know like you know I'm so sorry or something or he put somebody some and he made a mistake. Oh, excuse me also, and this is um, he has such a nice sweet nature. For me, it's a big thing because I know that sooner or later his speech will, will get better and his understanding will get better. But for me, it's fine. We understand each other. He tells me what he feels or how what he wants. And I tell him with a simple sentence that, you know, if he can't do that or what's going to happen or who's going to have a birthday or whatever's going on around our world. Sure. What did the therapist think about him going from nonverbal to verbal? What was their response? They can see the progress, especially a teacher of the deaf. She's been working with him longer. And she's saying, she, she's saying, he's the only child in my group that he can hear. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That's great. So wait, so he has a teacher for hearing. And... Yes, okay. she's, they, they call it teacher of the deaf, um, um, you know, D-E-A-F. And uh, and uh, she she's very funny when she said that you know in my class he's the only one who came here. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> that is, I'm really excited for you, Vanya. Let me ask you a question. Um, you the scoliosis. You're you had people telling you that he will be forced to have surgery as time goes on, and then you said the scoliosis stopped. It didn't get worse. Yes. Have those same doctors that said, tell me if I'm correct. So those doctors said, look, this is going to keep getting worse and keep getting worse. And he's going to eventually be forced to have surgery. Um, but have those same doctors seen your son and made a record? Yeah, they follow him up, yes. Okay. We keep doctors, uh, spinal surgeon in the UK. Still, we follow up. Uh, and the same with the private clinic in Bulgaria, uh, in Sofia, we keep uh, we go every six months on an X-ray to mm -hmm. see the progress. And actually, actually, it's a few degrees better. And the doctor is like, "What can I say? I mean, great! You know, I'm so excited for you." And he, he's he's um he's very happy for us because he could see that our son wasn't well. And so many people after he's got he got better. He, even my sister, she said to me. I thought that he's autistic, but I just didn't know how to tell you that. And other people around me were just like, we thought that he's autistic, but, you know, how can we say that to you? Right. And they were just, I mean, <laughs> um, so he, the doctor definitely seen something is not quite right with my son. I just didn't, I wasn't ready to admit it, you know. I understand. My yeah. husband and I were just, yes, we just... We just were kind of hoping he's just getting, you know, he's a bit delayed, but he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. And we, that's what we were all the time repeating. Well, um, the, the doctors that for the scoliosis, I mean, if they ever, if they say that they've ever seen uh, someone like your child with such severe scoliosis getting worse 
every year to just stop like this, to stop getting worse and start to improve? The UK, UK uh, doctors are normally, Brit, British people generally, they're more um, re- reversed. Uh, yeah, not reserved. reserved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, they, they, um, they don't want to say something which is not in their um, area of expertise. Of course. So uh, they, they, they put that in the, in the report when we see each other and we say we, we do this, we do that stem cell treatment with that, and they record that, what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They record everything, what I say, but, but they don't comment. And also, he had to wear, in order to just to, to stay at those degrees, I, I forgot to mention that, he had to wear a brace. He had to wear 23 hours each day, a brace, in order to stay like that. Wow. In order not to heal the scoliosis, not to decrease, uh, um, reduce the, the degrees, he just to stay as it is. And we we tried, we tried, we we got uh, the best one uh, brace from the UK. In Bulgaria, it cost about five hundred pounds to make it. In the UK, it's free. A specialist made it in the clinic, tailored, tailored yeah. uh, spe- specifically for my son. And just we 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 tried it, really tried it when he was two years old. Two and a half, three, and we couldn't do it because his son, uh, our son's skin, uh, would become like um, too soft after a few hours. Like yeah. you've been in the bath for long, and you know how your skin get, gets too soft, and then it will be, become wounded. You have to wait days before this heals, and as soon as you put it, you wait a few hours, and it becomes the same thing. Yeah. And we were trying, we we're telling them, and just didn't work for us. Especially, he wasn't potty trained. And it was very difficult to change his nappy with the brace. And it was, in generally in Bulgaria in the summer, it's hot weather, 35 degrees. It was just very hard to wear such thing on a little child. Like, yeah, yeah. Especially sensitive with, like my son was. So the brace was to try <laughs> to prevent the scoliosis from getting worse, correct? Just to win time. Basically, you buy time. So if they're not in total free surgeries, uh-huh. he will be old enough, like at least five, at least five years old, so they can be two surgeries. Okay. Wow. So, and he's, all, he's almost six years old now, yes? Five years, four months. Okay. And his, his scoliosis actually, um, the, the, the degrees went down. That's really exciting. It, so, it, it got better. You know, you said you're going to, you were there in February, and then six months later is around July, right? I think it's August. Okay. Well, I say this because the last week of July, I might be there again, and I'll probably stay into the beginning of August. We should stay in touch after this because we might yes, even yes, end up course, there no together. Okay. Um, another thing I was uh, going to mention that I also did two rounds of stem cell treatment. Oh, on yourself? Um, For yourself? On myself, oh, yes. How did, uh, how one did... in August 2019 when, you know, the first time with my son, I said, you know, I'm going to try it and see what's going to happen with me and whether this is false or, you know, true. I was convinced it is true, but, you know, if it's so good, then let me have it as well. Right. Um <laughs> With my son, I really got kind of uh, emotional about the whole thing. My blood sugar started raising, and I had to keep, keep for years super low carb diet to keep my blood sugar to norms. This makes sense in the highest range of the norm. Sure. So, but I couldn't afford to eat uh, rice or potatoes or fruits or sweets or anything. It was a super strict diet, very restrictive, in order just to keep 
off medication. I don't want to be on medication. So when they said that they have, when I was reading, they have a you know cure for diabetes. I decided to give it a try um, because I just need myself in order to work and care for my family. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something you know kind of luxury. It was more like, look, I screw up my health somehow. I just better invest it and you know be able to work and you know get on with the boys. So they consider um, you to be like pre-diabetic or pre-diabetes. Yes. Okay. Uh, if I, let's say, eat rice, just small portion of rice, next morning my blood sugar would be out of range. Okay. So in order to keep my blood sugar in range, I just have to keep super low-carb diet. Okay. And that was getting super difficult over the years, especially in Bulgaria with all those fruits in the summer. That was just all the everyday temptation, you know, just to have a b- banana or apple or me- watermelon or just melon or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't, I couldn't have any of that. So I went for, for that, and then after one year, I went for a second round. So last summer, basically, I went for a second round, uh, and I actually, <laughs> I actually now, eat, for the last one year, I've been eating whatever I can think of, including cheesecakes and just biscuits wow. and whatever, and ice creams, and, and my blood sugar stays all the time in nerves. Actually, I, I just need to stop, because, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just getting on the other hand, like, you know, fruits and bread and, and rice and potatoes and chips and whatever rubbish I can think of, you know, into my system. But I just eat it a lot. And it's it's kind of, I have to stop, I know. But I just kind of enjoy it a bit. And and it, I'm actually, I don't even follow anymore my blood sugar because before it was like a few times a day I would test it. I would see which food. Like if, let's say, I eat bakery, for example. Mm-hmm. We, we we did that test with my husband. But if I eat, um, well, actually, MCO said to me when did the, they did the treatments this time they said uh you insulin resistant your your measurements are off the norms for insulin resistance so generally i can develop even in the future diabetes i just have to be careful and and i also they said i also have um fatty liver because of the how my body is proceeding sugar which normally yeah. it's it's linked with the diabetes you know fatty liver they told me i have to start ex- exercising which is absolutely true <laughs> and all those things, yeah. So, but but I did, and I've seen uh, really good results because it's and and one thing which really, really, really was bothering me, I would fall asleep in the afternoon. I would be on the red traffic light and just fall asleep in the car, mm-hmm. and I would just fall asleep anywhere. I would be on the bench waiting for a bus or something, and I would just fall asleep. And I had to rearrange my life just in the afternoon to have half an hour of sleep. I do, I couldn't do it without that sleep. I don't know what was wrong with me. I just I just had to have that nap. That after the stem cells, I stopped doing that. I just carry on. Maybe once every few months, I can have a nap for 10, 15 minutes. But it's not like it's super rarely now, rather than the norm. That's great. Um, wow, that's really that's really exciting, Bunya. Because, you know, obviously with my job and with my three children, it was very inconvenient to sleep in sure. the afternoon. It was just, <laughs> and my children would always tell me, are you going to sleep again? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was a bit embarrassing. Well, that's exciting. Um, wow. It's, I've always liked to meet uh, people like yourself that not only you went there for one reason, that is your son, you had your own issues that you thought maybe they could help and you did it yourself and it did help. And um, here you are going, you've done it for yourself twice. The diabetes thing is so important, as you know. I mean, you were on your way to basically potentially being, you know, full-fledged diabetic diagnosis. 
And this pushed everything back where you can, <laughs> you went back to eating cheesecakes and pastries, right? <laughs> you know, and you're okay. Um, you know, that's a really amazing, Vanya. Yeah. That's really exciting. As you can see, you know, just with your life, like why is it so exciting for me as a journalist following this? And, you know, you were talking earlier in our conversation about people thinking that you're lying or how could this be? We would know about this. There would be Nobel Prizes. And that's just the reality. This is a very unknown therapy that has been around for decades that no one is aware of. (laughs) And that's why I do these movies. That's why we're doing this podcast is to hopefully help more and more people understand that this is there. And there's only one country on Earth, that's Ukraine, where this is legal. Um, because of where they come from. And it's the only stem cell type on earth. You can get neuronal or brain cells, your own cells or the umbilical cells. None of those cell therapies can give you brain cells as a therapy, except for this. And again, it explains a host of other reasons, you know, why your son is improving, but but the, the brain functioning is improving because of that. But um, this is really exciting, Vani. I mean, every time I speak to someone like yourself, there's always something so new that I learn because everybody's case is so different. I mean, is there anything else that you can think of that that you really want to tell people, you want people to know? Probably the only thing I regret is not starting earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the only thing I regret because this would give my son even better chances. But it is what it is, and uh, I'm, I'm, I, I have to literally, you know, uh, kiss those people's feet. Literally, that's how I feel. Uh, I'm so super grateful yeah. that they gave a second chance for my son. Um, and, and I'm super grateful as well to my husband, because I know ladies who want to go for those therapies, and their husbands are not allowing it. And I am grateful, and I thank God for my husband that he's very supportive and very hardworking man. Yes, I. if any man listens <laughs> to this podcast, um, yes, I would encourage them to go because it, it is hard for the woman, especially to see their children sick. Yeah, I mean, I'm really happy that your husband agreed as well. Yeah, it's a very common thing for the, the husband and wife to disagree about trying this therapy. And I understand it, but you need both parents to agree, you know, to do it, so... Well, thank you so much, Vanya. I am, it is such a pleasure to speak to you. You're a very sweet person, and um, this has just been a fun conversation. Um, so thank you. You're welcome. All right, Vanya, okay. good luck with everything. Say hello to your husband and the thank family. Thank you. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, hi. Роско, как се казваш? Браво, а на колко си годинки? Чудесно! Роско, как се казва мама? Браво, а тати? Чудесно! А как се казва тази стая, в която сме тази стая? Всеки дневна, чудесно. А как се казва стаята, в която готвим? Кухня. Чудесно. А как се казва стаята, в която се къпим? Паня. Чудесно. Браво на тебе. А я ми кажи пръстите на ръката. Можеш ли да ми ги кажи? Чудесно. Много добре. Ютия, чудесно. А може ли да ми кажеш това как се казва? Чаша. Чаша, добре. А това знаеш ли как се казва? Ти 
Вилица. Вилица, браво на тебе. А това знаеш ли как се казва? Вилица. Браво на тебе. А знаеш ли това как се казва? Чайник. Чайник, браво, супер. А я да видим, я да видим тука. Камион, да. Роско, Роско, я ми обърни внимание. Я ми кажи как се казва твой дядо. Браво, дядо Митко. Искаш ли да кажеш довиждане? Браво, благодаря ти. That's episode 13 of the God Sells podcast. What a story, right? If you are listening to this and are interested in going to MSL for therapy, I encourage you to go whenever is most convenient for you. But I always welcome others to join me while I am also there. My next trip being the third week of July, July 18 through 24. I will be making at least two more trips after the July trip to continue filming for the God Sells sequel. Email me anytime if you have any questions at eric at ericmarola.com. That's E-R-I-C at E-R-I-C-M-E-R-O-L-A.com. My website is also ericmarola.com. And the website for this documentary is stemcellsmovie.com. On both websites, you can sign up for my email newsletter, which will directly notify you about what I'm up to, including new podcasts. You can also follow these podcasts on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm also on social media, updating the world on my activities surrounding all of my documentaries. Until next time, I'm Eric Marola. Thank you for listening.